The podcast is back. The podcast is back. The podcast is back. <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> Welcome to the Fat Tuesday edition of Just Another Why Guys podcast, Ooh. or as I call it, the regular Tuesday edition <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> I think I've done that joke every single year since I realized like Fat Tuesday was a thing. Because <laughs> every Tuesday is Fat Tuesday for me. Me as well. Beautiful. Hey, Nikki Jones in the studio. Hello. <laughs> Here for another cold open. Or as Dusty Rhodes used to call them, a hot open. Because we're Ooh. starting with some action. Ooh. Right off at the top. It's me and you, fired up, ready to go. Ready to do our thing. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't know. You got the crazy eyes right Thank now. You. I appreciate that. <laughs> Doing what I can. Trying to bring the thunder, bring the pain. Word. So uh, we're freezing our asses off here in Seriously. Houston. I, will this weather just figure out what the fuck it wants to do? I don't know, but it's really cold. It's so cold. And like, I feel like a baby whining about it because it's like five below at home right now. Yeah, but like, but also like it's been consistently cold there for a while. It was 70 degrees yesterday. I know. And we wake it's, up this morning and it's 30. It's ridiculous. It's bullshit. It is. It's complete bullshit. And I'm glad that you have the fan going at full blast in here. It's freezing. Well, I apologize. It was, I meant to turn it off, and then I didn't. And now we're recording. And, and now, and, uh, otherwise, you would just turn the light off, and then we can't see. Right. It's it's fine. I'll deal. Then I'll get yelled at for not having a light on. I just really can't you're, win. You're just, damned I'm if you just, do, damned I'm, if you don't. Really, I'm just really screwed either way. <laughs> it's good that you're finally learning that. Well, I mean. I don't. I think I learned it a while ago. I'm just now putting it to words and like putting it out there in the world. Makes sense. So we have a special guest coming up a little bit later. It's the return of the Jogpod Hall of Famer himself, Rod Stark, to check in for Yay. the first time uh, in the new year. He, uh, of course, is the host of his own podcast, The Stark Contrast. He's taken a couple weeks off, uh, hasn't put out any new episodes. We'll talk about why that is toward the end of the show, and he'll kind of explain what's been going on. Rod's also looking at transitioning his uh, his podcast from a just an audio format into more of a uh, video audio format. Oh, cool! I'm um, gonna go do uh, a lot of more a lot more YouTube sort of content for the people because I don't know. I guess he has a face that people want to see. <laughs> he says he gets a lot of people asking where the video version of his podcast is. Oh, shockingly, I don't get those requests. No one, no one, no one wants the video version of my podcast, which is fine. That's I don't. I, don't, I understand. I, I don't. You know. Oh. I have to look at this face. You guys don't have to. You just hear me. I like looking my, at your face. Well, you are kind of bound by law to do that. <laughs> I mean, I would do it anyway if it in not a creepy way. Uh, <laughs> is there a way for that to not sound creepy? I don't know. It kind of sounds creepy. Never mind. So uh, you went out and had uh, some fun on your own on Saturday. You did the uh, little did. bar hopping. I did. One of us um, goes out to bars now and one of us doesn't. And <laughs> that role is reversed. There was a murderino meetup. Yes. And we went to this craft beer place where they have beers from kind of all over the place that are craft beers. I don't know if that... Huh. Was it, at in, a craft beer bar, they have craft beers. That's true. So did you order like a Budweiser or like Coors Light? Or, <laughs> I did. Uh, didn't you? <laughs> I had a lovely blonde 
ale from somewhere. I don't remember what it was or anything about it, but it it tasted very lovely. It was nice. When um, I go out to a bar, I usually look for a lovely blonde to enjoy. It's understandable. Um, and then uh, we hung out there for a bit, and then some of us. <laughs> I love that you're just popping on your own joke, you weirdo. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, and then some of us decided we wanted to go sing karaoke. And so we went, we tried to go to this one place that it was like crazy. It was so full. Like there was nowhere to sit. It was, it was crazy in there. It was fun. Like there was really good energy, but it was just a little too busy. So we went to this other place that, um, another, I've actually been before with, um, a couple of murderinos as well. And it was fun. It's definitely like people weren't as into it. Like it didn't seem like like yeah. like at three sheets where we'd normally go do karaoke. It's fun because it's kind of this smaller contained area, and like everybody's kind of into it, and like people sing along, and like they clap for you, and it's you know like it's very interactive and it's fun that way. And this place isn't so much that, and they allow smoking, which kind of sucks. Wah, wah. Um, but I mean, it was still fun. We still had a good time. Uh, some of our friends got very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I did not because I was driving. I, so. I always seem to miss out when uh, Wendy gets real drunk. <laughs> so she was in rare form. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if the next time I'm at three sheets with them, um, it, which whose turn it will be to drink. I know. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, we'll, it seems like it's been Adams the last. I guess few if times, it's so. going to be Adams coworkers that are Adam, yes, and he's going to be the one that's drinking. Yeah, maybe. But who knows? So uh, our last podcast, we talked about uh, possible changes within the Minnesota Wild. They were heading into the NHL trade deadline. We now live in a world with uh, no uh, Mikhail Granlund, no Charlie Coyle, and uh, and no um, uh, Nino Niederreiter. Nino, Nino Niederreiter. So that's uh, that's interesting. The, it uh, seems to have made a difference. The the uh, the the level of positivity I feel versus the last podcast we talked about the Minnesota Wild is. It's certainly uh, bolstered by the fact that uh, they've gone on a little bit of a run. Uh, they went up to Calgary and won on uh, on Saturday, and then uh, they should have beat Nashville last night. They got hosed at the end there. Although I will say that it's a good thing that Staylock was as good as he was in the yeah. goal because they they deserved to lose that game. Like he, but he kept them competitive. I mean, they they were playing their sixth period of hockey in yeah. about 24 hours. I mean, so it's understandable. It's, I didn't uh, expect them to win that game with yeah. it being that close. The fact that uh, Stalock came in and uh, kept him in it in the first period, they looked, they really looked like they had it going in the second period yeah. and uh, had a couple of opportunities, as is the case. No matter who seems to play for this team, uh, they can't get a, uh, a a goal to open it up which is what they did the previous night in Calgary and a couple of times uh, in this uh, winning streak that they had. Uh, but in uh, – so for those of you that don't follow the Minnesota Wild, uh, the, the Wild had a back-to-back, which, you know, you could play two games and two nights in the NHL. That's not that unusual. What was unusual is the front end of the back-to-back was in Calgary, which I'm sure if you don't know – Calgary's in Canada. Maybe it's not that far away. Calgary is actually quite a ways away. It's Western Canada. It's a thousand miles from St. Paul. It's a three hour plane flight. Obviously these are athletes. It's not like they're going to get it on a commercial plane and that sort of stuff. However, the game didn't start until nine twenty five central time. 
and didn't end until almost midnight. Hard-fought game, back-and-forth action. Uh, then they have to get on a plane, clear customs, and fly back to St. Paul. According to uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic, uh, most of the players didn't get home until about 5 in the morning. Oh, and brutal. that's just getting to your house. I don't. Uh, anyone that's ever traveled knows that you don't just walk in the house and fall asleep. And a lot of them and have kids and exactly. stuff. So, like, yeah, it's not like Plus, they got to like, sleep. It was a Monday, so kids that have to get up for school, probably most of those kids were about ready to get up. So it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's a tough situation. And, uh, oh, no, that was a Sunday. It was Sorry. Sunday. Sorry. They don't have school. Today's Monday. Um, apparently, with the wind chill, lots of kids aren't going to school in Minnesota these days anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so then they turn around and not only do they play the next night, but it's on national TV. The start time has moved up 30 minutes earlier. So they had a game at nine that basically started at nine 30 and then another game the following day that started at six 30. So that's just like, why didn't the NHL just bend them over a barrel and yeah. shove a fist up their butt? I'll I'll be really interesting to see how some of the things that came out of that game manifest on Tuesday night when they play Nashville again, right? Because um, there was some chippiness and um, and also the way that the game ended. I feel like there's some real potential for the game to be a shit show tomorrow night. Yeah, so I feel like there's going to be lots of f- tonight as people are listening to this. Oh yeah, that's right. On Tuesday night. Come yeah. On. Sorry. I forget. Bit. We've only done this. What? 20 or 30. Times I know. Up. I forget. On, I forget. Come I'm on. not a radio professional. Well, there's no excuse <laughs> for, for botching the gimmick. So disappointed. <sighs> um, what else? So yeah, so we have two new, we have a bunch of new players. We have a uh, kid, Kevin Fiala. We got this kid, uh, Ryan Donato, um, until the until the game on Sunday against Nashville, Ryan Donato didn't know what it was like to lose in a Minnesota Wild uniform, so that was pretty cool. Um, but Wild have a very uh, tough stretch here. They've uh, you know just played they played Calgary, played Nashville, they played Nashville again on Tuesday. They got a game with San Jose coming up. They got uh, and Nashville's number one, right? Uh, no, Calgary's number one. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, last I looked, Nashville was. Well, Cal- Nashville is number one in the Central. Yeah. Um, but uh, Calgary is number one in the Pacific. Okay. Um, so they. Boy, uh, that's unusual. They've sucked for a long time, huh? Yeah, Calgary is real good this year. <clears throat> but we went off to Calgary and beat them. <laughs> so suck it. <laughs> On the night that they honored Jerome McGinley, who regularly torched the wild. Yes. Uh, not a lot of fun. Not the night that we saw him play no. them though. <laughs> no, that was, but that was, in that was Colorado. in, that was in Colorado. So this is not a, a very easy schedule. So they had Calgary. They just, then they played Nashville, play Nashville again. Then they go play. They go play in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Tampa's the best team in all of the NHL. Yeah. Then how are they so good every year? It just seems like they're always good. They have really good players. Uh, and then, uh, they're playing a back to back. So they're playing Thursday, Friday. So then they play Florida. The, so they play the Panthers, which is, you know, not an easy game, especially the second of a back to back. They get a day off and then they come home and have a nice homestand, San Jose, Dallas, the Rangers, the Islanders and the avalanche. Mm. So, uh, a lot of big games still to come. We're getting towards the, uh, the end of the season here. We're one, one, two, three, four, five weeks left in the regular season. Man. So the big push for the playoffs, uh, wild are, uh, continuing to cling on, cling on, uh-huh. cling, cling to a, uh, a wild card spot. 
Uh, they are currently tied with Dallas with 71 points. Um, so right now, uh, because Dallas has a game in hand, they actually would get the number one wild card spot. Um, but I almost feel like maybe the wild would be better off to be the number two wild card because we've shown that we can go and beat Calgary in Calgary and we'd play Calgary in the first round. Uh, would we rather play Calgary or Winnipeg or Nashville? I don't know. I don't know. They're all good teams. It'll be tough. It's going to be tough no matter what. It will be. Um, so what else is going on? Anything exciting? I totally thought of something and now it's gone. What, what the heck was it? It was very, uh, very deep and exciting. Rod and I talked about the death of Luke Perry. Uh, in yeah, the podcast. That's, so that's so sad. It's so sad. Rod said that he had read a story on Saturday that thought he was going to have a full recovery. And then now he's not alive. Yeah, because... Well, when I saw that he had a stroke last week, it, the stuff that I read, I mean, I didn't read too deeply, but like the stuff that I read made it sound like it wasn't that, like it wasn't that bad. I mean, when I hear massive stroke, I assume Maybe he had another bad. one. Maybe. It's a possibility. Oof. It's brutal. And uh, we talk a lot about Luke Perry coming up later in the podcast. Do you have any Luke Perry memories? Um, I mean, I had a huge crush on him when I was a little kid when he was on 90210. A little kid. I feel like Dude, I was pretty little. You're like the same age as him almost. He's 10 years older than me. Nine so, years older than me. But he's <laughs> he's significantly older than me. So you, you can shut your pie hole. No, because like, I feel like 90210, I didn't even watch it that much because it was, I feel like I was like in late elementary school probably when 90210 started. And I didn't. Nine oh two one oh went on the air October fourth, nineteen ninety. Okay, so that would have been like ninth grade, I guess. But like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I definitely watched it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't as like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it was a formative show for me, like right. it was for some people. But in any case, I mean, I definitely liked him. I loved. Um, I'm curious if Howard Stern will say anything about him because of his uh, fart man connection. I um, would imagine they talked about it. So, uh, so yeah, but uh, I don't, it's a bummer. I feel bad. He's not a very old guy. It sucks. Were you a Were you a Dylan guy or a uh, or were you more of a Jason Priestley? You You had the crush on. Dylan. I liked were, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. The he was brooding, more of the bad the boy. bad boy. Had the James Dean sort Which of thing going like, on. Why it's so fucked up that you married me. I'm so not at all that. Well, <laughs> I mean, if we want to go down this road, <laughs> I always assumed I would end up with someone, one who was a musician, two had lots of tattoos, three did not own or even think about ever owning a polo shirt, four... <laughs> I think it would be pretty unrealistic for someone in their 40s, but like if you have a long marriage, to not have a polo shirt. I mean, maybe, but you know, yeah. I uh, at least I don't pop the collar up. I I do I mean, appreciate you know, that. There's some things I do right every once in a while. Um, but yeah, there there are lots of things that uh that are different about you than what I th- what I thought I would marry, and I would assume it would be the same for me. You like skinny, hot blondes. That's not what I am, so. <laughs> unfair. That's so unfair. What? I don't like skinny, hot blondes. Uh, I like yeah, you all do. all blondes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't have to be skinny. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you pigeonhole me in such a way. 
you're a dork. Well, folks, if uh, if you're going out to enjoy the festivities of Fat Tuesday, I wish you well and a happy and safe uh, evening as you prepare to uh, debauch yourself. Debauch, yeah, debauch yourself, and then head into forty days of recovery uh, while you celebrate the Lent. Question: What are you going to give up anything for Lent? No, because I don't believe in that shit. I know. I don't. I'm not going to either. I mean, no. All right. Um, Just curious. Uh, what would I what would I even give up? I don't know. I don't know. Uh well we're not really eating chocolate, so we can't give up that. Yeah. Um I mean you could, I guess we're not really eating it, so it'd be an easy thing to give up, but that's kind of besides that kind of defeats the purpose. Exactly. You could give up uh alcohol. Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> exactly. I'm not drinking that much anyway. So. No, you're not. No, I'm not giving anything up. But if you do that, that's uh that's a great thing for you. You show for your you. commitment, you know, to each their own. On that note, we're gonna wrap this thing up. We're gonna get to the Jogpod Hall of Famer himself, Rod Stark. Of course, you can hear his podcast, The Star Contrast, uh on iTunes and all those sorts of fun places. So make sure that you go check that out after you listen to this one, of course. Uh, as always, if you'd like to participate in the show, you can send an email to jogpod at gmail.com. Follow Nikki on Instagram where she does all sorts of Insta story sort of things at Skenzie Jones on Instagram. And uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Dustin P. Jones at jogpod, all those typical things. But uh, with that being said, let's go jogging. <laughs> March of this beautiful new 2019 where everything is so much more positive and uplifting and the world is just oh wait no that's not really true but we're doing the best that we can to make 2019 better than 2018 and one of the people who was so important to this podcast and the resurgence of bringing Jogpod back to all of you faithful listeners is the podcast Hall of Famer himself a man we have not checked in with since the uh, year-end review show the one and only Mr. Rod Stark. Rod, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right, all right, all right. So good to have you back in the Jog Pod studio via Skype. And uh, you've had a few changes in your life. We, uh, I think the last time, one of the last times we spoke, uh, you were a little bit frustrated with uh, your current job situation. And proving that you're not just one of those typical millennials, you didn't just continue to bitch about it. You then uh, decided to make a change in your life, and uh, you have quit working at FedEx. I did. I made the move and finally uh, pulled the plug on the shithole that is FedEx. (laughs) And uh, are you feeling uh, more fulfilled as a human spiritually by making this choice? Yeah, the the job itself is... uh, not my dream job or anything, but the corporation that I'm working for now is a lot better of a corporation. They do a lot to give back to the community, that kind of stuff. And uh, it just seemed like a overall a better company than uh, 
the old FedEx, they treat their workers better. Uh, not that uh, that's much of a stretch for any company to treat their workers better than FedEx did, but uh, no, it, it seems to be a good move in a positive direction. It's also, the, I work for at a corporate office that is maybe two and a half minutes from my house. So with all other stuff aside, just that itself makes it a, a better situation for me. Well, I know from myself and Nikki, we are very excited that uh, you have made a change and that uh, you're feeling a little bit more positive about your job situation. So we, uh, we look forward to onward and upward mobility and crushing things uh, in Michigan for you. We, uh, now we, know that, we, know, we know that uh, you also looked at uh, trying to get in, involved in the, uh, the marijuana game in Minnesota. In, uh, Minnesota. Shit. There's a, <laughs> there's a slip. Uh, in Michigan. Now, uh, what's – okay, so did it go fully legal, decriminalized, medical? What's, what's the status in Michigan? It is fully legal for recreational use in Michigan. As of right now, though, you cannot purchase it from uh, recreationally. You can only grow it yourself or be given marijuana unless it's medical. What I was looking at uh, was a place that uh, actually grows medical marijuana right. for a CBD oil and stuff like that. And uh, that's actually, speaking of millennials that just whine and don't actually do anything, uh, I didn't even apply. The job that I ended up getting, I didn't actually apply for. I applied at this medical marijuana place through Indeed.com, and then Indeed dropped my resume to these other people, and then I got the job I got. But uh, I digress there. But uh, anyways, it's completely legal. You can have up to 12 plants, which is an insane amount of marijuana. That's a um, lot of weed. Yeah, at any one time, any person can have 12 plants growing. You can carry, I think, they, or you can have up to eight ounces on you for transport. And then there's a certain amount you can just have on your, per, like, you can have eight ounces in your car. And then I think it's like maybe one ounce or something. I don't remember the exact on what you can carry because I don't. I don't partake myself, but uh, it is completely legal for recreational use. You can't smoke out in public. Uh, you can't smoke while you're operating a vehicle, that kind of thing. Right. But you can in a private residence or in an establishment that allows it. Because they've had a couple of places called marijuana clubs that have popped up. Nice. That they can't sell the marijuana, but they can allow like group events where you smoke marijuana. So that sounds like a business opportunity. Do we need to open a a, a gentleman's club that also allows the smoking of marijuana? Uh, that would not be a bad plan. They're, they're working on the retail side as well. Uh, that's supposed to be rolling out in the next year or so, like the regulations and stuff. And then there will eventually be full-out like California and other states in Colorado and stuff that have gone full legal. There'll be uh, retail shops for marijuana as well, which was, uh, definitely seems like a uh, business opportunity. Yeah, for sure. What was the? I still I've I've told this story a few different times, but it still just blows me away. 
we were in Washington uh, not long after the uh, new marijuana law took effect. We were at a music festival uh, for Mumford & Sons out in Walla Walla, Washington. And we're out in this big, uh, this big open field on a uh, college campus and just kind of hanging out and listening to music and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, there's, there's security around and that sort of thing. A lot of police officers, you know, making sure everyone's safe. And this group of kids walks by. I say kids. They were probably 22, 23. And uh, one of the girls stops, reaches into her Daisy Dukes, and pulls out a one-hitter and a lighter about four feet from a police officer, fires up, takes a huge rip, puts it back in her pocket, and just walks on. I was like, I, I, I no longer understand the world in which I'm living in. And I'm jealous that I cannot also be partaking in such things. My view on it is it's less destructive than alcohol in general. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm okay with, especially at like a music festival, by all means, people should be token up. Uh, I think you're going to see probably by the next presidential election, they'll put up, they've already talked about it, they're, um, putting up a federal dropping of the, uh, marijuana from the controlled substances yeah. list. I think that's going to end up going into effect before 2020 because if anything, the Republicans are going to want to take that off the ballot because it's shown to work against them when those kind of things are on the ballot. So, and and really, if you if you're a die in the wool conservative, you want it to be a states' right thing, anyways. So. You get rid of it at the federal level, but states decide basic, basically on their own, and then we'll start to see more and more of these states. I know New York and New Jersey are working on legalizing it right now as well. So it's just going to – the tidal wave is going to keep on going. I think we're we're seeing kind of what happened with uh, the uh, gay marriage stuff um, happen with uh, cannabis legalization. So. I think within the next few years, it'll completely look different. It's already starting to happen, but it'll completely tip. Which, if they drop the federal thing, that completely changes the game. Because right now, in the states that do allow marijuana uh, sales and stuff, they can't. There's certain banking regulations and stuff because of the federal ban that uh, you can't run a business the way you. It, it isn't as uh, streamlined as it could be or should be with other businesses. So once that happens, that's going to, it's going to be the tipping point for legalization. Yeah. I know that's been one of the holdbacks for a lot of, of people, especially in Washington. They, you know, they have a buildup of cash because there's a lot of places that won't take their deposits. They have, it's uh, they've, they've had trouble opening, uh, you know, checking accounts or savings accounts or business accounts in which to take the money because there's concerns from the the financial institutions that they could be they could get in trouble for you know holding essentially what the the federal government sees as uh, illegal drugs even though it's decriminalized in the state. Exactly, which so, it's just asinine that that's still the case. One of the as as I relate to most things in my life, especially politically, I go back to things that I've learned from watching my favorite show of all time, The West Wing. And uh, one of the characters in that uh, 
in that show related to I want to I I want to say it was in regard to 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 marijuana, uh, but basically the sentiment was in a free society you don't need a reason to make something legal you need a reason to make it illegal, and the reasons that ha- that were used to make marijuana illegal. If, if you look at them, are almost all racist or race-based. Uh, and that's just ridiculous. And in a free society, people should be allowed to choose what they want to do with their body. I put their <laughs> With their drugs. I, I had a slip there because I was thinking about to the, the Bob Kraft thing, uh, the owner of the Patriots, who, of course, got uh, caught up in a sting operation uh, down in Florida, was caught uh, on film going to a massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, twice, including once uh, the day of the AFC Championship game, which is interesting to note, and and I'll go off on a little sidebar here. Uh, It's interesting to note that he was in Jupiter, Florida, the morning of the AFC Championship game. The championship game took place in Kansas City, Missouri, which means he got up, went to the massage parlor, did whatever he did, and then he flew to Kansas City, Missouri. Like, dude rolls up in a Bentley, flies in a private jet. I mean, I just don't understand why he's going to a $89 an hour uh, rub and tug. I mean, put, put, put a hey, side. No matter how side. rich you get, a bargain's a bargain. <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks. How do you think a billionaire stays a billionaire? They save their money where they can. Uh, the, the reason I bring up the Bob Kraft thing, though, is... A lot of people started talking about uh, the the forced prostitution aspect of this case, and this is a a human track. You know, he's he's gotten caught up in a human trafficking thing. It, it wasn't that they were looking to bust him; he got caught up in in a in a very long investigation. And one of the and I talked about this on Twitter because. I don't look at prostitution as something that should be illegal. Uh, however, forced prostitution is a whole different thing. If if a woman or a man, you know, I don't I don't know if people are aware of this, but men can be prostitutes as well. Um, but if if you choose to, you know, sell your body, I mean, you should be allowed to do that. I I don't think that them selling their body for sexual pleasure is that much different than someone who goes to play basketball or football. You're selling your abilities and you're selling something that you're good at. People can be good at, you know, sexual things. It's not, I mean, I, I don't know anything about that. I'm not good at sexual activities. I, I have no skills whatsoever. No one is calling me up to the NBA of, of prostitution. But this is a whole different scenario. They're talking about the, the women that were working at this massage parlor we're actually being forced to be there, which is appalling and is absolutely something that should not be allowed. Um, but it's, it's, it, when, when you make so many things illegal, people find ways to get around those laws. And, you know, they, are, they put people uh, in harm's way and in dangerous scenarios and in dangerous situations, which they would not normally want to take part in. And it's uh, it's scary the the amount if you go and look at statistics about the number of people that uh, are involved in human trafficking it's it's scary and it's a real problem. 
Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, the it's humorous on one level because you know he's a billionaire going to a strip mall, rub and tug. But uh, the fact that yeah, these were women that were transported in. They don't. They have no contact with their family and stuff, and then they're forced to do this kind of thing just to survive. Uh, you know, it, it puts a, a real different spin on things. But uh, I, I completely agree with, with what you're saying, though. That I don't think that you would eliminate all human trafficking if you made prostitution legal, but it would open up the fact that. Uh, somebody that's choosing to be a prostitute right now is not going to talk to police about somebody that didn't choose to be in, you know what I mean? Like if say, say a person that wants to be in it comes across somebody that is forced into it, they're not going to go to the cops and help that person. Not even if they want to, because of the fact that it's going to out themselves. It's not completely equivalent, but it's kind of like the, uh, um, the Me Too movement got with anytime somebody would come out to support it, then they would pull up some clip on Like it happened with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck tried to say something about how this was a good movement and all this. And then they found a clip on MTV where he grabbed the girl's ass. And like the, the only reason I'm bringing all that up is if, if you know that there's more of a chance that you're going to get in trouble by helping somebody or trying to support them, you're less likely to do it. And that's what current laws do in regards to all that kind of stuff. They're setting up where, and it was the same thing with, uh, they, they got rid of the personal ads on Craigslist and they, uh, a lot of prostitutes were saying that that actually put them in a position where they're more likely to be harmed because they don't have that direct contact. They have to go, they don't have an in between to check people out. They have to go straight to, the sex without the um, the front end of it, yeah. if that makes sense. So. Yeah, it's it's as with as with almost all issues that are facing our country, none of these issues are black and white in term not in terms of race, but in terms of like there's not there's so many issues that we need to deal with nuance, and that's one of the things that's been lost in our society over the last couple of decades is the ability to to have a nuanced approach to things. You either you have to pick a side. You either have to be for or against it. You can't be like, well, how about we take one part here that works and let's discard this other part that doesn't work and, you know, find, you know, some middle ground. And, and that's, that's the frustrating part that I see in, in terms of our, our political process right now is that there's just, there's no statesmanship. There's no, you know, there's no diplomacy. There's no, you don't, and you and you no longer get points for being a reasoned person. the The media does not talk about the reasoned, measured approach. You get the person that screams and yells or freaks out. That's you know, when when uh, the new Congress took effect and there was a Democratic Congresswoman that um, didn't call Trump like a lying motherfucker or something like that. Like that was a huge story for like three days. Like. I, it just—it's so baffling to me that we've gotten to this point. Well, it's become where you're not going to get any political capital for what you build. It's what you can knock the other person down. Social capital too. I mean, I think that that's been the case with a lot of these movements and stuff too. 
is there's so much room for great improvement, but instead of focusing on fixing the issues and improvement, it's just not your only goal is to knock the other person down or knock your opponent down or knock a position down instead of actually working on, Hey, maybe that position is completely wrong, but there's a little piece we can take from them and improve our side of the thing. You know what I mean? So the fact that we've lost that as a society, the, the will to build up instead of break down, not that we've ever been good at it in America, but it's at a fever pitch right now of just the destruction of everything. Like even systems that I don't, I've never subscribed to. I don't agree with just tearing everything down for the sake of tearing it down, which seems to be uh, fodder for today's society. Speaking of someone that's been taken down and seems to be maybe trying to bring himself back up, uh, our our longtime good personal friend, Mr. Alex Jones, uh, was recently on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast. I believe the the live stream was four hours and 40 minutes long. And they could have went twice that, and I would have still loved every minute of it. <laughs> I, I have I have been Alex Jones free for the most part for the last couple of years. What's funny is um, they uh, on Howard Stern a couple weeks ago they did a great bit where they have an impersonator of Alex Jones and they built this little fake set like this little fake Infowars set like a uh, a miniaturized set that they zoomed into to make it look like it was like an actual t- set on TV and they had. Alex, the, the, this fake Alex Jones do this great stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I always know Alex exists. And I will be upfront with anyone who asks. I used to be a huge Alex Jones guy. I listened to tons of Alex Jones stuff. I downloaded his podcast every day um, back probably 2006 ish. Um, yeah, because, you know, podcasts did exist back then, believe it or not. Um, Alex had probably one of the first handful of podcasts uh, that I listened to. Um, But he went from talking about deep state stuff and some conspiracy stuff to like, I mean, it kind of felt like he had just gone way off the rails um, and then got behind the whole Trump thing, which obviously I was not a big fan of. Not that he doesn't have a right to to be a fan of Trump. That's his perspective. But um, the Sandy Hook thing, of course, bothered a lot of people. And it seems like he's trying to rehab his image a little bit, coincidentally, as he's about ready to head into court for lawsuits uh, regarding the Sandy Hook stuff. But uh, that podcast was uh, was very, very interesting. I've only gotten through like the first two hours, though. Just I'm just up to the part where uh, he pitched Eddie Bravo on uh, financing a 50-ton boat to go find the ice wall. Uh, which would then help them determine whether or not the Earth is actually flat. Yeah, and I, before we get too much further into it, I would uh, like to volunteer as uh, Eddie Bravo stand-in. He wanted a stand-in to yeah, go on this yeah, trip. Exactly. I will gladly, I will gladly uh, helm the ship that goes to find the ice wall. I, I feel like uh, if you're going to send somebody to find an ice wall, it should be a Stark. And, uh, you know, I, I volunteer as tribute. As one, uh, but as no, one, that, as one of the few remaining, I, I nominate you King of the North, sir. 
I appreciate that. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the podcast. I, I always enjoy uh, Alex when it's outside of his show. I've listened to his show before, and uh, on an entertainment front, he's he's a very charismatic guy. Uh, if you enjoy, you know, just for the entertainment value, and you're not taking him, especially with, like you said, the Trump stuff, taking him uh, seriously, um, he's very entertaining. And then to combine that with the uh, lens of the Joe Rogan experience, it it's never uh, a letdown, that's for sure. But uh, the fact that he's trying to rehab his... Actually, the last time he went on Joe Rogan, he was trying to do that too, and then it got off the rails once he started smoking and uh, drinking whiskey. But uh, the plan before happens, was he was going to do... Yeah, he, he was trying to do the same thing uh, because he was going through divorce proceedings and his wife was trying to say... Uh, all kinds of things about him and he tried to play it off as that was just a character on his show. And then I, I think he's kind of trying to go towards the same thing when it comes to the Sandy Hook stuff, which, yeah, it was, I, I heard what he actually said and then I heard what it was twisted to. What he said was in itself appalling. I don't think you should uh, question the fact that whether the kids died or not, but he was more, he did it in the lens of he was he was expressing what other people were calling him with, right. uh, not saying that he believed that, uh, not, not to make any excuses for him, but it got twisted in the media to, he was calling for people to, uh, you know, attack these families and stuff. And that's not really what the extent of his show was in the first place. Uh, I think he puts himself in those positions by doing the dumb shit that he does, but, if you actually go back and listen to this, the broadcast in question, he never actually, he's never been one to call for people to go attack the, these families and stuff. So I, I think that, uh, that that's like a bridge too far when you, when you talk about how bad Alex is, but yeah, <laughs> he's uh, quite a car. What, what I found interesting while I was watching the, uh, the, the broadcast was that I started to remember why I listened to Alex, uh, why I watched some of his his movies, all that sort of stuff, why I went down those rabbit holes in the past, and it's just like, the dude is charismatic, and like he sucks you in, and he says so many things, at like he put he packs so much information into a one minute uh, rant that you're like, by the time you're pro- you're processing minute seven uh you're you're processing like 17 seconds behind you're, you're and he's already moved on to he's gone from you know sandy hook to columbine to uh bilderbergs to like all in like the space of one minute to like the the aliens that are actually here that we've like just there's so many things that he says in such a short period of time that you're just like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait, wait wait a second wait what was that like how uh, so you have to listen because you're trying to just stay up with what he's saying. And then if you, you, you start to slow down and you're like, what, wait a second. Okay. Let's take a breath. Let's, let's kind of, and that was one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised with, with Joe, uh, on his show is like a bunch of different times. He was like, let's hit the brakes and actually, you know, talk some about some of the things that you just said, rather than you just rant for 17 straight minutes. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, Joe did a much better job this time than the first time he was on. Uh, part of that is due to the fact that the interview started with just him and Alex, so he kind of got the game plan going before Bravo showed up, which I don't mind Eddie Bravo, but he's a whole other can of crazy. So when you mix him and Alex together, it uh, it even more gets off the rails because and it's hard to tell when one is just trying to egg the other on right. or when they're actually getting into their own craziness. Cause Eddie Bravo is like straight up flat earth now. And Alex Jones doesn't believe flat. <laughs> they, they both believe asinine crazy shit, but they don't believe the same crazy shit. Right. So when they kind of butt heads, it can get a little crazy on top of it. But, uh, in general, I think this this interview went better than the uh, episode nine eleven interview. Yeah, which was the first time Alex was on. What what was what was funny to me is Eddie's contention that if you're able to believe one conspiracy theory, that you then have to believe everyone else and their beliefs on conspiracy theories. Like, no, I don't. Like. Some stuff is just actual bullshit. Like, flat, flat Earth is not a conspiracy. Flat Earth is some bullshit that people have come up with on YouTube and passed it around, and people that are unwilling to believe that, like, centuries of science is real. Like, how... <laughs> so you're telling me the people that came up with these scientific theories 400 years ago did this to, like, troll people? And then now just some fucking people on YouTube, like some random dude on YouTube has just discovered that the earth is actually flat. Like, come on, dude. So have you heard the new one that there are no such thing as birds, that they're all drones? All birds <laughs> but are seriously, drones. the new, they're all drones. And then when you see birds sitting on electric wire, that's them charging. Like when you see him. <laughs> so, what, and, what, about, and like, what about all the birds that like live nowhere near uh, any sort of power source? Some of them are solar powered. Oh, they're solar powered. They're solar powered birds. Yeah. So, oh, that's, that's, all right. Drones. Drones. Not, there's no such thing as birds. They're all drones. Uh, so now now this, birds, birds are no longer dinosaurs, they're, they're solar powered drones. Exactly. It's just crazy. Like, and I'm pretty sure the people that originally started this, which I'm suspect of the flat earth too. I think the people that started that were trolls, but I'm 99% sure that the people that started the drone thing are trolls, but there are people that legitimately believe it now that there are no such thing as birds that, it's only drones, and the, the, when we look back in in the past, there were no birds way back. It just started, I think they said in like the 80s or 90s, but you assume there were birds because that's how, that's the government story. So, <laughs> birds are government drones. <laughs> uh, so, this this leads me to uh, there has been a request from several people that listen to the podcast 
that there needs to be some sort of round table discussion about uh, conspiracy theories uh, with myself, uh, Marty, Ken, and yourself. So I'm going to have to try to figure out a way to make that happen, uh, get everybody on the same page. It will involve me needing to probably get some additional equipment. Unless, I don't know, can I do like a conference call on Skype? I'd have one person in the studio and then like two other people on the phone or something like that. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out, but uh, there will need to be a uh, roundtable uh, conspiracy theory uh, discussion between between all of us. Really what we should do is everyone should like figure out what their favorite conspiracy theories are and like we'll pass them around to each other so people can kind of look into them and we can just bullshit about them for however long. I mean, if we have alcohol involved, I would imagine it could go on for quite a while. I would be all about that for sure. Um, I know you can with Google Voice. Okay. Like you can do a, a multi-person call and then you can record it, but I'm not sure on. Uh, and I know you can do Google Voice through, like through your laptop or through your computer using your soundboard because I've done that before. Yeah. But um, so I'm not I'm not quite sure how to how to make it work, or we might have to figure out a fly down. So. Well, just I mean, visit down can, there and then can, if we can work it into the uh the budget of the of the jog pod to get you on a flight down here i mean that would always be be better all the sponsorship deals i mean we gotta we gotta figure I, it out I do, but I, uh I could use some sponsors there you go yeah no that would definitely a round table of conspiracy theory would be uh quite fun do news uh that uh is a bit of a down note uh, we found out as uh, of a couple hours of recording this podcast that uh, 90210 uh, actor and uh, actually I know everyone loves him from 90210 I think when I think of Luke Perry I actually think of the movie 8 Seconds which is a movie that I love uh, and is a movie that I will cry at the end every single time and I'm not even not even ashamed of that because I'm not, I'm never ashamed to admit when I cry because I'm, you know, confident in my manhood that way. But, uh, unfortunately Luke Perry, uh, has died, uh, as the result of a stroke that, uh, he sustained, uh, a few days ago. Now that of course ties back into something that you and I both love, which is of course is professional wrestling. Uh, his son who wrestles under the name jungle boy is, uh, Recently signed with uh, Cody and the Young Bucks in the All Elite Wrestling promotion. Uh, so a very sad day uh, to lose Luke Perry. Of course, there was talk that uh, there was a 90210 reboot uh, on the way. And so many other things. I guess he's been on a CW show. Uh, is it uh, Riverdale that he's on? Yeah, I think, I think that was part of it, which is uh, Archie Comics with Jughead and all those, they, yeah. they updated that like they've been doing with a lot of the different comic book series and made it into a TV show. And he had a, I don't think it was a huge role on that, but a decent role. Uh, but yeah, he had, it was out of the blue. He had a stroke. They said he was supposed to recover a hundred percent. And then this morning, the news that he died, it was kind of crazy. It's, uh, obviously a sad, sad time when anyone passes away. And so much outpouring of support. It's interesting the impact that 90210 had on people. Um, it's so many different people really like loved that show in so many different walks of life. I had people that are in 
the sports world that I follow on Twitter talking about how much that they, they enjoyed that show and what a loss this was. People in the wrestling community, of course, they're tied in um, because Luke's son is a wrestler. Uh, and Luke was at a ton of wrestling shows on the West Coast. Um, so I know that it's a tough time. In fact, I, I believe the stroke happened either Thursday night or Friday. And, or no, I think maybe it was Wednesday. Um, Wednesday night into Thursday. And his son actually wrestled uh, on the PWG show in Los Angeles on Saturday night in the opening match. I wonder if that was the case. Yeah, because I, I know. Go ahead. I, I just wondered if maybe that was the case of, uh, like, the actors, uh, the show must go on sort of mentality. Well, not only that, like like I said, the uh, prognosis was he was going to recover 100%. He wasn't even going to have last, from what, because I, I uh, listened to a news account on it on, I think it was Saturday morning that uh, he had had the stroke and that all signs were that he was going to make a full recovery with no lasting effects. So to, to hear this morning that he died. So I'm sure that that was the case too. You know, they were, they, they knew he was in the hospital and stuff, but they were expecting him to recover. At least that's what the reports that I saw said. So that's probably why I, I'm sure, like you said, the show must go on, but I'm pretty sure that he expected his dad to recover. So that was crazy. And it, like you, you, you were talking about with uh, him being such a impact. He was like a huge nineties heartthrob. Oh, he was yeah. one of the top guys for a while. And, uh, I was never a huge 90210 guy, but, uh, I, I, my, my connection to, to him was, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Do you remember that one? Yeah. yeah he was, sure. he was the, yeah, he was the male lead in that. And then that was actually where I first saw David Arquette because David Arquette played his best friend in the movie. So. But yeah, Luke Perry, it just, he was only 52. That's crazy that that young, just out of the blue. Yeah, I just, I, re- I remember all of those like Teen Beat, Cover Boy, uh, you know, what's, uh, was it Tiger Beat and all those sort of magazines that uh, they would be on the covers of. I, of course, was a, uh, I was a fan of the show. I, I do remember watching it a, a bunch of different times, um, and I was a uh, a big fan of um, Donna, who's played by Tori Spelling. I'm not gonna lie, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't so much a Kelly guy. I definitely wasn't into Shannon Doherty, but uh, I. Uh, I was a huge Kelly guy, and speaking of Kelly, your your friend Megan has a friend that looks just like Kelly off of I know two and but. Uh, Megan. The, uh, um, not Megan. I'm forgetting her name now. She lives in Arizona. Sorry. Oh, Heather? Heather. I don't know why I call her Megan. Wow. But anyways, uh, we stayed she's at a house, friend that man. looks you just like Kelly. Right? I know. <laughs> she better edit that. Uh, your friend Heather has a friend that oh, looks I'm not just like that Kelly. At all. In fact, I'm texting her right now. I'm talking <laughs> her name. Barry and me right in the middle of the show. That that I apologize. I apologize. But uh I don't know why all of a sudden she was Megan in my head. Like we're friends on Facebook too. Uh anyways. Uh but yeah, she is one of one of her real good friends that looks just like Kelly. But uh <laughs> I digress. We're way off subject. 
yeah, sad, sad, sad news that uh, Luke Perry passed away, though. And then uh, sure. just just to talk about that, when uh, when Tiffany Amber Thiessen made the transition from Saved by the Bell to 90210, those were those were some good years. Oh yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I'm a I'm uh, I'm a I'm a, I'm was, a, uh, I'm a Tiffany Amber Thiessen guy. I thought she was on Melrose Place. She was on 90210. She was on 90210. I gotcha, I gotcha. It tells you how much I knew about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> lots of hot girls on there for sure. Yes. But, uh, did you know the whole story with Tori Spelling? That she wasn't even, her dad put her on the show and everybody hated her? Yeah. Did you know all that? Yeah. Well, no, she, so, I, I thought, I thought, no, I don't think that's the story. I thought the story was that she auditioned under a different name. And actually got the role because she didn't want people to know that her dad. Maybe I'm, maybe I got it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I know there was some bad blood on the show during the show, so maybe she did that to start, and then she uh, she used her dad's connection later on. But maybe. that was a that was a whole thing. But anyways, we, needed, we, we, we shouldn't the, be talking. We about needed it. the blogs and all the uh, the Twitter gossip going on. With uh, speaking of Twitter gossip, so I found this interesting. Um, anyone who watched the Oscars knows that uh, there was a magnetically brilliant performance of Shallow from the movie A Star Is Born with uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And of course, Twitter speculation runs rampant. Oh, they're in love with each other. Oh, you know, blah 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 blah. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are going to be together, and then. She went on Jimmy Kimmel a couple nights later and she was like, you guys understand that like it's a performance. Like that's what we wanted you to think. We wanted it to feel like, you know, it's we've we worked and we've rehearsed this and we've we've done this thing for a long time. And like we, everything that was part of that was all part of the show to make people invested in this feeling that these two characters cared so much for each other and like. I thought it was interesting that she basically was like, "That was this all kayfabe, you know?" Like, got you. she was like, "We got you, basically." So, do you believe her? Was she telling the truth? Was it all a work, or are they really in love with each other? See, I think she thou dost protest too much. I think the fact that she brought it up like that and played she, it no, off. She didn't bring it up. Was because she didn't bring it up. It was brought up. Oh no. Yeah, no, Kimmel did bring it up. But I'm saying the way she approached it, I think, w was because she was compensating for I don't think Bradley Cooper's wife likes it because she sees the connection there. So that's why she put it at that. I, I saw the interview with Kimmel, but, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I got a feeling there's a little more to it than that. Not that they necessarily even acted on it, but there's definitely a connection there beyond just acting. No offense to Lady Gaga, but she's not quite that great of an actress. She could pull but that out. She is a hell of that a was performer, real. though. But here's the thing. She is. They, no, I, they spent so much time. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there would be any denial that they have a real chemistry, but two people can have a connection like that. And, I mean, there may be a world in which, you know, there, there would be something between them. But I think that, I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's way too many people. I think if Bradley Cooper was. I think if he was single and she was single, 
there would have been no none of that talk about yeah, it was probably, just an act. Probably not. I think I think it was for significant others that that conversation was given like she did. Yeah. That's my thought on it. Not not to take anything away from either one of them. Like I said on our previous uh, conversation on the podcast, uh, A Star Wars is Born is just an incredible movie. And uh, they killed Barbara Streisand and uh, Chris Christopherson's version. So I, I don't take anything away from them. I just said there's no way that there's not a connection there. So. No, they definitely there. No, there was definitely chemistry between them, and it it, it just exuded. I, and I think that's why everyone like, oh, they have to be. There has to be more to it. Like people with that much chemistry can't. Uh, can't not be together. And it's just, I think, again, it's too many people with too much time on their hands and too much wishful thinking. Like, oh, we so wish that this would. But then you know what happens if the, if Bradley left his wife and with Gaga, be oh, Gaga's a home record. Oh, look at this, she destroyed her lives. It's it, people are. It it would never it would never end up on a positive note in social media. It may work out for the best in people's lives in real life, but uh, that's just more Twitter nonsense, which I love Twitter. Oh, it, it Twitter, just goes Twitter. back to like we said, it's just the destruction mentality of society. Now they're, they're not going to build up. Oh, wow. That was, you know, a performance of a lifetime. Instead, they're going to say, Oh yeah, they're, they're really hooking up. They're going to the negative instead of the positive. So, Twitter, Twitter really is the butthole of the internet, though. It's a cesspool. It's a fun cesspool, but it's a cesspool. You, you, every every time you go on there, you just—I I don't know. I feel I like I—I I mostly now use Twitter to uh, joke with my buddy Dana and uh, follow hockey scores and occasionally, occasionally retweet inflammatory uh, political opinions, but not that much anymore. <laughs> it's an interesting it's just an interesting world that we live in so um let's talk about uh what's what's been going on with the stark contrast uh you've been doing video i i see yeah i'm transitioning to uh a video format uh twofold on that a lot of people were asking why it wasn't in the video anyways which i i don't know why the appeal of seeing my face but I mean, the first thing I would say is I because, did have, the first thing I would say is because a podcast is an audio format, and if you wanted to do videos, you would do vlogs. Uh, I mean, that would be my first. That's, thought. I, I that's not a, a bad thought in itself, but it's America, and we don't actually use uh, terms like we should on multiple fronts. So uh, they wanted the the video version. I think it's because uh, some of these other podcast have video versions of them gotcha. so anyways that, that was one of the no one no one is clamoring for the video version of my podcast hmm. i wonder why that is <laughs> i was surprised on mine but i've had consistently different from different uh emails and call-ins that's one of the main things people asked for was uh, a video version and it's actually going to be as I as I transition it, I'm gonna get rid of uh, Podbean and save myself some money on it, gotcha. and just go through YouTube. So it, on the on the financial front, that was another reason too. Was uh, I can go through? I'm gonna transition to YouTube, 
then it's a no cost to me with a potential of getting sponsors and stuff through the YouTube uh, payment thing. There you go. Uh, and, you know, just see where that goes, especially as I'm transitioning from one job to another. That extra money going out is uh, is something I'm going to try to avoid. So well, we'll see not, how it goes. Fear and not, then to, fear the not to my faithful John Pod listeners, I am more than willing to continue to lose money on doing these podcasts so that you can have your weekly enjoyment and listen to all of the inane ramblings that I have. So uh, you're welcome. Well, as one of your many listeners, I am thankful for that. But I'm a cheapskate, so I'm switching to where it's not as uh, You are definitely one of my tens of listeners, sir. <laughs> Love it. And then, uh, speaking of my podcast, I uh, the last couple weeks I haven't had any podcast, video or otherwise, because uh, I was sick. I uh, was... I don't know what I caught, but uh, the uh, I looked up the symptoms and uh, the traces were mono, HIV, and uh, werewolfism. <laughs> so uh, you pick what what I caught, but uh, it, every night I would get a fever um, ranging from like 102 to 106. I would have chills, uh, lightheaded. My tongue would swell my gums would swell and uh yeah not fun only at night though it would it'd start about 6 30 and uh i feel like that and then by the next morning i feel all right did you have the thing where like your fever would go all night and then it would break and you would just like pour sweat yeah and yeah, each night would be like that yeah dude you probably, so then, uh, you probably almost died yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, last the the Friday before last, the uh, my favorite murder podcast that your wife listens to, right? Had a live show in Detroit, and I had bought tickets to it for me and some of my friends. And uh, we went to the show. Uh, took the day off work on Friday. Went drove out to Detroit. Felt great. Went to the restaurant. Went to a couple different bars and restaurants. You know, spent the day. Have you know, just having a good time. Then about six thirty, seven o'clock, all hell broke loose. Got a fever of like one oh six. My tongue was swollen. Everything was happening. I uh, don't even remember what happened during the podcast because I just was out of it. I insisted that we didn't leave though because I spent too much money on the tickets. So I'm like, right. fuck this. If I die, I die. Uh, I told them to throw me in the Detroit River if uh, I happen to uh, pass away during the show. But that's the first time in my life that I've felt sick enough that I literally considered that, hey, this might be it. But uh, I don't, I don't have uh, medical insurance. So I was like, eh, well, if it's my time, it's my time. But uh, it was like, it was so crazy. Like we're sitting there. I have a, fe- a huge fever, uh, chills, I'm out of it. But they, they said a couple things that I remembered them saying, and I finished the punchline to a joke. And I'm like, see, they've done this before. They, they fucked up. Because at first I thought that they were telling a story that they told at a previous live show that they did in Detroit. Right. And my friend's like, no, they, they've never done this before. And then I told the punchline of the joke, and she's like, what the fuck? And then 
I was just out of it, out of it. But I, I kept on saying, like, no, they did this before. Well, at the end of the show, uh, there, there was a comedian that committed suicide, uh, Brody Lee. Brody, Anyways, fair uh, enough. Brody Stevens, sorry. Um, Brody Lee is off of uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Anyways, uh, uh, she, she started talking about him and how he passed away and, you know, everything. And she's talking. I'm like, they did this before, too. And my friend's like, the dude died today. Like, they didn't do this stuff before. And, like, I finished the last line of what she was saying. So, I don't know. I have had a, some kind of connection of the afterlife or something, but <laughs> I, I was telling, I was finishing the punchline of their shit because like, as I was sitting there, it felt like I was listening to a recording. We were in some kind of a, like a boat or something. Cause the room was wavy and it was echoing far away. It was so surreal. And then on the way home, I had a hallucination that I uh, was talking to God or some kind of God entity and that I was mad that I was dying. And the response was that, no, I get 50 years. And I was like, that's still not enough. That's bullshit. <laughs> it was just like insane. And my friend, my friends were concerned that I was dying, which I probably was got home. I, I took like a bottle of NyQuil, drank half of that. And I drank some Benadryl on the ride home that we bought some Benadryl at the gas station and I just went to bed and woke up the next morning and felt fine. And then it, you know, and I'm finally now not at night feeling like that. So it also coincided too. when I was sick and feeling like that, it was during a full moon. So that added to the werewolfism, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe it's uh, the old HIV. I don't know. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, I don't really I don't really, case of the age. I don't really know how I segue <laughs> to any other topic uh, for this podcast. So, um I I was going I was going I was going to title this podcast uh like something regarding Fat Tuesday as it is Fat Tuesday as this podcast goes up, but now I feel like I have to title it Jesus Christ you almost died. <laughs> So yeah, it was quite quite a couple of weeks. So I'll actually have a, a podcast this week up, and uh, unless in the next hour or so I start to go into uh, tits of werewolfism, but unless, uh, unless your unless your AIDS flares up again, <laughs> in case I have a flare up of the AIDS, uh, yeah. So Chris, we'll see. Chris Rock, Chris, Rock did a, Chris Rock does a great bit about. Uh, how they uh, how the drug companies don't want uh, don't want to cure anything. They just want to make everything chronic. And uh, there's like two guys. He does this bit where they're like two buddies are talking at work, and he was like, "Oh yeah," I, he's like, "Oh Frank, you were you were out last uh, last Friday. What happened?" He's like, "Oh yeah, my AIDS was flaring up again. I had to take the day off." <laughs> it's just like Jesus Lord. I shouldn't joke about AIDS, but no, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Seriously though, that when I put all my symptoms in, those were the three things. That, the top three things were mono, HIV, and werewolfism. So, thank you, uh, Google. Well, sir, when uh, when the insurance checks in from your new job, you probably need to go in for uh, a full workup and figure out what the <laughs> fuck is happening with you. 
Oh, 100%. Even though, 100%. Even though apparently God but, told you you have 50 years left. So. Hey, really? No, no. It's 50 years total, which I only have 14 left. What? So, you only get to live till yeah. you're 50? That was, that was what, a, what the uh, conversation was. And uh, the, in this conversation, there's definitely a reincarnation because uh, it wasn't a he or a she. It was just like an entity. Right. But uh, I, it was crazy. Like, I, I was mad because I was dying now. And then I was told I had I, I would live till I was 50. And I was mad about that. And why I had a bullshit body that I would only live till I was 50. And uh, the response was, you know, you, you have many other lives that you live. This is just one of them. And I, you know, I was arguing that I, I actually like this one and I, I deserved better than 50 years. So, well, Jesus <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy these last 14. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go drink now because that's just too much for me to deal with. Um, I was really hoping that I was really hoping that March was going to start to be a little bit more positive, but now apparently I only have one of my best friends for 14 more years. So anyway, I guess we'll need to have fun when we're in New York in a month. For sure, for sure. Well, hey, you know, some people don't get 50, so I'll I'll take what I can get and I'll go on to the next one. I guess. I suppose. Hey, uh, on that, can you? Will you bump up your uh, insurance, your uh, life insurance, and uh, add me as one of the beneficiaries? That'd be great. If you're gonna, if you're gonna check out oh, about sure. 14, if you're gonna check out in about fourteen years, I could use some extra cash. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till I'm like forty nine and then get like ten million worth of insurance. Be like, huh? My. My hallucination when I was uh, super sick when I was in my 30s said, uh, I'm going to be checking out, so oh, I'm going to double down. Jesus. This is, uh, we should not be joking about this, but you have to laugh. <laughs> if you don't laugh, it's just too sad. Hey, I mean, I, I seriously felt very close to death, so I feel like I already you know, cheated it a little bit, so we can joke about it. Well, you can hear more uplifting stories like this on rod's podcast the stark contrast which you can find on uh currently on podbean uh you can find it on his facebook page uh and you can find it uh soon i guess on youtube uh is it on will it be on youtube this week or what's the plan no it's just soon to be on youtube thing because i want to get the transition right uh the it's still available on itunes and all that for the next a uh, little while, and then if you keep track on Facebook, I'll have updates on it. So just look for The Stark Contrast for more of these uplifting and positive stories. And, uh, well, <laughs> sir, it is Fat Tuesday as we're signing off here. I hope that everyone has a happy and safe time as they get in all of their binge drinking prior to 40 days of Lent and uh, paying for all of the debauchery that you've had recently. So all the best to everyone out there. Stay safe on this wondrous day. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much. Make sure you follow, subscribe, do all those things to Just Another Why Guys podcast so that I can continue to not make any money, which is what this is really all about.
as for uh, as for me, let's see. What do we have? Do we have anything else coming up? Um, I'm going to be on the road coming up. Uh, so we'll have some podcasts in the near future from the great state of Oklahoma. So you'll have that to look forward to uh, and so much more. That's it for this week's episode. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. Hey, Ty, who's your favorite person? Only Dustin. Fucking right. Too much. Oh, that hurt. Oh, too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much. Dude, that was a good one. <laughs>